All right, welcome back to the Walking Home Podcast. I've been trying and mealing around and thinking about how to start this, and I just don't know how. I've been gone, not podcasting for a week and a half now, and I am lost. I went to Orange Beach, Alabama to see my mom and my two sisters and um, most of my family. Um, it was a great time. I had a lot of fun at the beach and exploring around, watching my little sister play soccer, which was great, and did a lot of family things that I didn't really get a lot of time doing. Um, I wish that I could have every moment free and off with my family um, for us to go shoot water boats at each other or aim boats that spray water at each other. Um, I love my family a lot. So anytime I get to spend with, um, any amount of them, I typically tend to not care about anything else. Um, I brought my podcast equipment with me to Orange Beach in hopes of maybe doing a podcast at one point, but I just did not do it. I didn't want to bring, um, that type of energy um, into a vacation, family loving, family oriented time um, that I was spending down there, and of course I was at a beach, which uh, I've always loved the beaches way more than lakes. Or, um, I mean, I actually really like rivers. If we're talking about bodies of water, if I have to rank them, it would probably go river, beach lake swamp i don't count any other bodies of water not even the swamp um i want to go to a river it seems so cool to me that such a big massive body of water can stretch out so far throughout so many states or counties or what have you and um but you can see the other side of it and it's like very crossable and it's almost like it's infinite in a different way than the ocean is. The ocean, you feel like the the vastness of the water is infinite. But with the river, you feel as though the, the length of the river and how far it stretches is infinite. Because um, I hear Grateful Dead speak a lot about rivers. Riverside, <laughs> so I've always wanted to um, go take a little vacation on the river, but um, yeah, being on the beach, Orange Beach, great thing. Rivers, though, my next destination. I want to go to Washington or some other state that is heavy in river activity. So if you have any recommendations, please let me know so that I can go fulfill my dream of seeing a river, which is, I mean, if there's any European rivers or um, Asian rivers, um, like the River Ganges is definitely one I want to see because of its spiritual um, connection to pretty much every every type of like old world mysticism kind of um raises questions when they see a river like that. 
and I knew I know that the um, Hindus are part of the Hindu um, ideology. Believes that um, the river Ganges actually stretches from the heavens, and is actually the beard of uh, their ultimate creator. I believe it's Brahman. Vishnu. Let's look it up. So, from Google Sense, um, Google has it better than I do, which is kind of funny. This is about Hindu, um, and the article I'm about to read is actually from the University of Idaho. <laughs> the Ganges River is most sacred in the Hindu tradition. It is understood as the personification of the goddess Ganja. Hindu belief holds that bathing in the river on certain occasions causes the forgiveness of transgressions and helps attain salvation. So, that's almost what I heard. I thought it was a, that they believed it came from the beard of um, one of the uh, Hindu trilogy gods. Um, either way, it's, it's a river that I want to go see. These um, monks and I believe just Hindu practicing people um, get buried or burnt alive there um, in the river. And it's kind of a very sacred tradition that um, Hindus strive to do after their life. Um, (laughs) I sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about. So it's a sacred tradition that um, they feel will give their spirit back to the infinite and it's kind of very touching but um a lot of people can't um even bear the sight of seeing a dead body in a casket so i imagine seeing dead bodies float down the river on fire is um pretty gnarly but it's a place where people go to kind of accept understand and sit down and be a part of death's game that we all play and kind of just say I know this is just a game inside a game um so you know it's like um if you're playing someone that's better than you in any type of video game and you say you get to the point where you're like you know what this is a game. When it's over, it'll be over. It's fine. Because it'll be done. And you know all the emotions, the feelings, the thoughts that I'm getting right now. They're all just tied in to this game, within the game. But I want to be the game. I want to change the game. I want to whatever. However that analogy works out in your head. Coming one with death or Acknowledging it and accepting it for what it is, is hands down the most spiritual practice that you could ever get out of anything in your whole life, and I've still yet to do that. Uh, I think most people have probably still yet to come to the 100% guarantee death, acceptance with death, and just okay with it if you accept 
that you're going to die. I don't truly believe that you're okay with it unless you display some characteristics that would make me believe so. I don't think anyone who would claim today to be 100% okay with death is actually okay with it. Um, You may be okay knowing the fact that you die, but we all know if you probably harped on it long enough that you too would have this fear um, arise to the top of your emotions. And you probably don't know what to think about it like a lot of other people. And I think that's just kind of like what we're here to do is just to like slowly die, I guess. I mean, learn how to be okay with it. Learn what it means to other people around you. And to mostly decide what it means to you. Because I believe that afterlife is completely up to you. Um, I think that at the end... What happens is an ultimate choice that you get to make um, no matter what. And um, if you believe in reincarnation, most of us decide to come back because we are so greedy and eager to have this struggle again. This struggle that we um, let, the struggle that we let, um, overtake our life and our feelings, the struggle of death and loss and dying and attachment is the same thing that has manifested us here today to be humans. And it, that is the cycle. That is the snake eating itself is the world keeps turning with that same feeling. And with that same feeling, the world keeps rebirthing itself with a new type of person a new person new person (laughs) the world will rebirth itself in the um, collective desires of humanity which is why I think fellowship and connection and openness are big parts in um, a lively practice that benefits humanity. But when you get to that point, you have to decide, are your, are your intentions even pure? If, if I get to, I say fellowship because I think that um, no matter the ideas you have, which is a crazy thing to say. No matter the ideas you have, they sh- they should be shared, and they should be shared with as many people, um, in as many varieties as possible. And with it, with that being the point, if it's something that's bad, hopefully those people um, that you share your ideas with will um, actually do something to um, quote-unquote align you. Because I get that. What I'm getting to is that none of our ideas are 100% completely right. But by sharing those ideas, we can grow as a community and spread the um, worldwide human conscious agenda of what we're actually here to do in a different route. 
which I guess in the way I'm explaining it now would lead to um, the end of reincarnation as we know it. But I think on the physical plane, there will always be duality. So I'm not sure what that means to us, how we keep it going, or if it's even right. I don't even know if what I'm saying is right. But I feel there is a need to just give these thoughts out to everybody in the world and open more people's mind, make them more conscious and aware of death and that they'll have a choice to make when they die and while they're living now to um, ease your suffering. The point I'm saying is to spread ideas and help evolve the human consciousness in the way you at least see fit. And if that's the right way, then that that's the way. And if it's the wrong way, then I don't know either. Um, but I know it'll play out um, the way it's supposed to be. It's a little tangenty, tan- a little tangent from the river talk. Um, I've been struggling to um, understand exactly what this podcast is to me um, and to my friends that are involved in it but uh, also I'm avoiding putting titles on it because there's not a specific um, equation to what's going on in the podcast room here and some days I do like to come on and make goofy songs and um, play around with my friends and make my voice sound different and do funny things. But are people considering that a podcast and um, is there enjoyment there and knowledge shared? I would hope so, maybe. Um, and maybe there will be a way eventually that um, knowledge is knowledge is easierly is um where knowledge is um easier to convey in these goofy ways um because I will sharpen that tool to um make the most of what um this podcast can be but I assure you it is far from the regular podcast and I hope that everyone involved listening and being a part of it loves and enjoys every single second of it because it means the world to me that anybody even enjoys it at all. So, thank you for letting me have a creative outlet and make goofy songs and do literally whatever I want. I could put it out and at least some of you will listen and that's all I need for now. <laughs> no, forever. All I need is just one person hearing me out and... If it's just me and one other person, then that's how it is, and we'll go, we'll go from there. But luckily, it's not just one person um, allowing me to grace their ideas with my ideas and 
mingle them together to create whatever they create in their mind. And um, that's great. I love it. Thought, thought orgies happen all the time in the Walking Home Podcast studio. Thoughts get flowing around. Drinks get involved. Thoughts start fucking other thoughts. And it's just what comes out. What come is <laughs> what comes out is what you hear every other week, week, every week, whatever. That's the other thing I'm trying to I'm trying to understand if this is actually a weekly thing. Which I don't I I think this is more like a captain's log type thing. Um I'll keep you updated when I have updating. Or when I have a conversation I like to share, I will share it with you guys. But I just don't like the um, pressure of trying to meet a timeline. Especially when it comes to something that I'm trying to be creatively diverse in. So, at this point, I plan to never again, um, in, or indefinitely, tell... Um, I decide or I have the time to meet these time limits um, that I'm just not going to say the podcast is on any consistent schedule. The podcast is like, um, it's like good acid. It comes when it comes and when it comes, you're going to enjoy it. So that being said, I would like to address some of the, um, theoretical backlash going on in my head about my previous song where I trashed Jesus pretty hard in my uh, freestyle rap about why my dear, dear Osiris could not live forever, but Jesus could. And I would like to today officially, officially make my stance with Jesus Christ clear. To do so, I'd like to first separate the man himself, into two of my personal categories of his stories. We'll call one um, Yahweh Sky Hippie Jesus. Not even Sky Hippie. He's, he's not a hippie. We'll, we'll call this Yahweh's um, King James's Jesus. All right? Yahweh is the, like, um, new to... Oh, Old Testament version of God that was um, having kids killed and um, flooding planets. Right. So any of the crazy weird shit you hear about God probably came from Yahweh himself. And um, it's pretty weird. But anyway, so you have the Yahweh version of Jesus, how I believe Christians like to see him and um, other um, factors of Christianity that also believe in Jesus in this way. Um, And then my version of Jesus that I like is the introspective Jesus Christ superstar Jesus. Which I've mentioned in the podcast before. My dear, dear, dear deep love for Jesus Christ superstar and what it means to me because it has shattered the the perspective I had of Jesus as a whole and just made me 
see Jesus in a multi-perspective way and not just the Yahweh. <laughs> All right, that was too funny for me to just be sitting here alone laughing at it. Um, so Yahweh Jesus, right? Or let's start with Jesus Christ Superstar. So you start, Jesus Christ Superstar starts, and you see Jesus with his disciples and his uh, entourage um, walking into Jerusalem, um, King of King of Kings, and all his glory, and this beautiful song play. This beautiful song plays. Let me get a snippet of it here. So first off. The reason I love Jesus Christ Superstar, first off, is the sound and the music behind it is honestly very, very smart, well thought out. It makes me want to listen to an opera because if they're done like this, they're perfect. So, just, <laughs> um, another comparison I have with Jesus Christ Superstar is the Beatles' White Album um, and um, the Beatles' Abbey Road. Mostly Abbey Road. So if you listen to the Beatles' Abbey Road, you will hear these little breaks and um, chord progressions in songs that um, repeat or kind of a repeating tune throughout the whole album. And in some songs, they are the uh, background noise, but in some songs, they're brought to the front to be the main uh, instrument noise, whatever um that you're hearing right and in a similar way jesus christ superstar in this first song um they kind of they give you a bit of each of the little songs that you hear throughout the whole opera and um it takes you obviously um since this is the first song in the opera and on the album it takes you at least one listen through to understand what is going on An overshot of Jerusalem in slums. It looks like ruins. It's a rock opera, <laughs> by the way. So we'll skip this part. It will be the the um, what I was explaining will be just a bunch of random musical notes and all this weirdness going on but we'll get to the part that I the point I'm trying to hammer home here is in this light of Jesus and all his disciples showing up in the hippie bus and unloading the set of Jesus Christ Superstar into the actual land of Jerusalem You have this, the Judas of the story, overlooking them and thinking to himself. Okay. <laughs> so that first song, 
is was what I was explaining only. I got it mixed up for this next song, which is the point I'm actually trying to hammer home here now. For real, for real this time. Judas overlooking Jesus in the mountain has these thoughts to himself, which was this is the first time I've seen Judas in an understanding light ever throughout the whole biblical stories, including Bible Man and many other veggie tales and episodes that I've seen. This is the only My mind is clear understanding now. of Judas. At last, all too well, I can see where we all soon will be. If you strip away the myth from the man, you will see where we all soon will be. Jesus! You've started to believe the things they say of you. You really do believe this talk of God is true. So we're talking about this man Judas is seeing it all right now. He has the true eye of God in his favor right now. He knows what Jesus' ultimate purpose is. You are talking about Jesus living in a part of the world that has not had a God yet, or the God that they have is false idols of worships of kings and um, pretty much what is going on in North Korea right now. Um, if those North Koreans were to actually believe, which I am kind of fearful some of them do believe that Kim Jong-un is their God, um, that is crazy. But you imagine in a um, lighter aspect, Jesus comes through talking about this God that um, only he can hear because of the practices he has done. Which... Um, by all means, I am not discrediting that um, in any way, shape, or form. And if you are a loyal fan to the podcast and you listen to my most recent conversation with Rishi Kumar Das, um, my Hare Krishna friend from Kansas City, um, he did, along with my suspicion, um, quote-unquote, confirm the fact that uh, there is a story of Jesus actually going to um, practice Hinduism in India and it does happen to align with the uh, Bible um, where Jesus is um, said to have gone missing for um, approximately 13 years um, so he pretty much comes back um, if you ask me this is this is of course as always as anything on the podcast this is it according to me Nicholas Daniel Posadas um, Jesus comes back to this side of the world that has no thought of God and only kings and idol worships um, from what they can remember, I guess. Who knows? All right. By the way, I'm trying to paint this in as close to the um, tangible Bible that we can grab today. And I, this is according to me. So Jesus starts talking about how you can talk to God, his will, 
what God actually wants us to do, the light um, that he wants us to um, shine on the world, right? But Judas, being down to earth, understands that that's not what a functioning government wants. Just as no um, functioning government would want um, somebody coming in saying that the president is a pedophile. While that may be true, this government will not stand for it. And in this case, a whistleblower is in the same form as Jesus where um, he can call out um, the what is going on in the government and say this is not right. And even though I know that I am wrong for doing right, and I will be wrong no matter what, I'm still going to do right. Um, such as Edward Snowden um, does right by um, revealing uh, meaningful truths to the um, American citizens, um, those that were at least willing to hear him out, knowing that it would send him into hiding in Russia, which if you ask me is just a smart move and in no way, shape, or form a collusion with Russia at all. And I don't even know all the Edward Snowden facts either. So, Either way, you have Jesus and a whistleblower both going against the government, knowing that it's right, accepting that they will be wrong. But Judas says... Yo, man, I got a job. I got a life. I love my life. And while, yes, I do think you're right, let's calm it down a little bit because we're all about to get killed. All right? That's pretty much what, if you ask me, Judas is saying this right here, like, yo, Jesus, let's calm down. You don't have to go town to town fucking flipping them on their heads and then Going on about your business, like, governments are just going to, like, oh, Jesus did it. Wow. All these citizens don't want to pay their taxes to us anymore. They want to go and uh, build a church and donate it there. So, that's cool. Go Jesus. Judas, on the other hand, says, yo, man, I'm really down for the cause, but the way you're going about it, we're all about to die. Continue. And all the good you've done will soon get swept away. You've begun to matter more than the things you say. So, Judas is also seeing the inflation of Jesus' ego. Rather, um, actually being experienced by Jesus himself. Um, or just being projected by the lovers, followers, disciples of Jesus, um, how much they love him and worship his feet where he walks. Um, either way, the ego is getting involved here. And um, that's thus the line, um, you've begun to be bigger than the things you say. Where at first Jesus was saying these things like these messages from God, quote unquote, and they're big, they're huge, they're truth revealing, which is why so many people are attracted to it. It's great. But 
when people start to confuse you with that God, then what happens? Listen, Jesus, I don't like what I see. All I ask is that you listen to me. And remember, I've been your right-hand man all along. You have set them all on fire. They think they found the new Messiah. And they'll hurt you when they find they're wrong. I remember when this whole thing began. No talk of God, then we called you a man. And believe me, my admiration for you hasn't died. But every word you say today gets twisted round some other way. And they'll hurt you if they think you've lied. So he says two things here. First one is, they think they found their new Messiah. And they'll hurt you when they find they were wrong. Like I said, Jesus has been saying these messages from God, living them, showing them that there is a way to live connected to God and um, through God. But these people have, um, through Jesus' doing or not, has they have started to put him in God's shoes. And he is the Messiah. The sa- He is supposed to save. He's Anakin right now in this story. He's Anakin bringing the balance to the force. He's young Anakin, though. Racing the pod racer, whatever they call it. Pod, speed racer, pod, whatever. He's racing. And he's only doing good because... They tell him his um, kleptomites or whatever are, are sky high, whatever. He knows he has the force, right? So he's he's juicing it, right? Winning races and using it to do all this shit he doesn't even understand yet, right? But it's about to come a lot for Anakin, all right? He's about to not be able to take it anymore. And the people that uh, thought he were, he was, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan is going to be pretty mad at Anakin when he realizes that he's not the chosen one. Right? So you have these people that believe in Jesus. And say for me, I'll speak out on personal experience. If any of you would like to speak out, you may as well. I believe Jesus uh, scorned me once um, when I was a child because I, I was under this spell of Jesus as well, thinking that he um, was the Messiah. And while Jesus did nothing personal to me, um, the beliefs and things I believed Jesus did, um, did scorn me where I did want to kill Jesus at one point. But um, I calmed myself down from having those thoughts, and I no longer want to kill Jesus. And then the second thing he says is, Every word he says is twisted around some other way the next day. And that's exactly the problem that we see. And this is a movie from 1973. And we see this still going on and probably going on more back then of the classic twisting of these words of why 
the Bible somehow they knew abortion was going to be a thing uh, years and thousands of years before the science would even allow it to happen safely. And the same way some Christians seem to think that Jesus himself said um, homosexuality is gay. Don't do it. Um, it's the same thing. It's just he didn't say that. He didn't say that, though. He uh, there's fine. Give me the verse in the Bible that says gay, homosexual, trans, bi and queer and plus. And I will. 100% go back to loving Jesus if you can find those words for me in the Bible today. It's because they don't exist. They're not there. They didn't happen. They're just twisted words uh, spoken from uh, a guy that lived thousands of years ago that have been twisted every which way to Sunday and is now what we believe to be true Christianity. But, like Judas says again, they will hurt you when they find you're wrong. Nazareth, your famous son, should have stayed a great unknown. Like his father carving wood, he'd have made good. Tables, chairs, and oaken chests would have suited Jesus best. He'd have caused nobody harm, no one alarm. Listen, Jesus, do you care for your race? Don't you see we must keep in our place? We are occupied. Have you forgotten how put down we are? I am frightened by the crowd. For we are getting much too loud. And they'll crush us if we go too far. If we go too far. So... That was powerful. That was saying, Judas says, Jesus, do you care about your race? The the people that Jesus come from are poor um, servants, um, working class people like us. All right. So let's say um, the working classers like us revolt against the corporate um, CEOs, CFOs. COOs, we revolt against all of them, and it's going good, right? Like maybe like you say, "Hey, dude, we let's ask for a fucking water cooler in the break room," right? It goes good. You get that. You get that win. Then you're like, you know, dude, maybe like they were pretty cool about the water cooler. Maybe we could get like this TV in, and then they let you get the TV in, and you're all right, all right. Maybe we can get this dartboard too. It's like, all right, let's calm down, right? They they give you the dartboard out of pity, and they're like, this is it. This is that, right? But then you're like, dude, they rolled over. They showed their bellies so fast. Let's all go ask for $20,000 raises, all right? And you get all your people to believe you. You're like, yeah, 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 we deserve it. $20,000, they could do that, right? What? They just bought us a TV and a fucking water cooler in the break room, and a dartboard, like, yeah, they got they got $20,000 throw around. Yeah, let's fucking do it. You and all your friends are like, hey, CEO, um, $20,000 or we're out. The CEO is going to go, yeah, you're out. See you later. Bye. All right? So this is what Jesus is doing to the poor people. 
is saying, while it is possible to live like Jesus and I guess feel the way that he's feeling, um, why, why put that weight on your shoulders? And that's what Judas is saying is like all these people that he's with and motivating, like if we go too far, they're going to crush us. Like we may have the spiritual upper hand here. God may be on our side, but down here on the physical plane, if we don't play our part, we're going to get wiped out, destroyed. I wonder what, what ended up happening there. I don't know. Let's continue on. Listen, Jesus, to the warning I give. Please remember that I want us to live. But it's sad to see our chances weakening with every Are blind, too much heaven on their minds. It was beautiful, but now it's sour. Yes, it's all good. Listen, Jesus, to the warning I give. Please remember that I want us to live. So come on, come on. He won't listen. So Judas finds himself in another loop, once again, having to revolt against the higher cause. Again, like I said, once already revolting in my eyes against the um, idol worship that was going on in that part of the world at the time to even start following and being a disciple of Jesus. And now that he has realized the pungency and um, the that overall um, effect that Jesus's words and teachings are having on their community um, is getting to him to where he's now having to say, Jesus, I know like I'm going against you and it may seem wrong, but I'm right. They're going to crush us. They're going to destroy us and oppress us. For another thousand years. If you don't chill the fuck out Jesus. And he. It was beautiful at first. But now. It's sour. It's like the whole. My whole feeling with the. Christian religion is that. At first it's so beautiful. And if you can get back to that point. If you can unpop. Your Christian cherry. And you get back to the point. Where you can read. In your way, a brand new Bible, and take it differently than you've ever taken it, then it will still be beautiful. But through the rampant teachings of it 
and um, everyone and their mother being able to be a pastor. Which I don't know how you would choose a pastor in the first place to be the right pastor or not. But through that type of teaching of it, it has become sour to where like gay people are scared of Christians, guys. Like it's literally a thing. Like people of uh, you know, a certain group um identify themselves a certain way. Um, if that's a sexually different way or a socially different way, they are scared of Christians. And that was never what the Christian faith was about. But now that it is sour, it seems like that's all that we can focus on, which is terrible, 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 terrible. And what Judas says is he still wants us to live. He still wants them to live and He's only doing it for the whole betterment of their whole group of disciples. So I think we can get this. <laughs> I've always wanted to break down Jesus Christ Superstar. Actually, like for real in a, in a podcast. So um, this is it. This is awesome. Um, so let's go to the second one. Because I'm I feel like I'm on a roll right here. Or this is actually song number three of Jesus Christ Superstar. In this, you see a scene of Jesus throwing a rave in his cave uh, with all his quote unquote disciples, but there are more than 12 people there. Why should you want to know? Don't you mind about the future? Don't you try to think ahead Save tomorrow for tomorrow Think about today instead What's the boss? Tell me what's happening 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 Even if you're playing When do we ride? Even you where I'm going When do we ride? So... The name of the song, What's the Buzz? So all these disciples, these followers of Jesus, they're saying, Jesus, what's what's the buzz? Like, what's God saying now, dude? What's, what's going on? What God, you know, he wanted us to do this thing. We healed the blind people, and we're fucking, we're feeding people, the poor and all that. Yo, Jesus, like, what's next? What's next, dude? And Jesus is like, bro, one day at a time, why do you worry about tomorrow instead of worry about today? What you have tomorrow is dead. Is that what he said? What did he say here? Let's let's get that back. Don't you try to think ahead. Don't you Save try to think ahead. Say tomorrow for tomorrow. Think about today instead. Think about today instead. Not dead. He could give you facts. He couldn't give you facts and figures, even if you planned and forecasted. All right? So he's saying he doesn't know what's next. He's he's walking, Jesus is walking down with his people right now in the same shoes as them. He doesn't know what's next either. He's just doing God's will. Right, Jesus, 
Why should you want to know? Why are you obsessed with fighting? Times and fates you can't defy. If you knew the path we're riding, you'd understand it less than us. So, when will we ride to Jerusalem? When will we ride to Jerusalem? When will we tell the CEO we want all of our fucking raises? That's what they're saying. They're saying, let's go to fucking Jerusalem and tell them, you're the son of God, Jesus. Let's fucking do this thing. Like, all this talk, is it's coming to a time now. And Jesus says, why are you so obsessed with fighting? Stick to fishing instead. That's what he says in the Bible. He doesn't say it in this song. He says it later on in Jesus Christ Superstar. But he says, why are you so obsessed with fighting? What is this that we're, you know, what 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 path do you think we're on? And then, so he tells them, if you understood the path we're riding, you would understand it less than I. Whoa. What? You're telling me Jesus double understands this shit? I don't even know what that means. All right? That, that's a mind fuck. Let me try to cool down your face a bit. Let me try to cool down your face a bit. Let me try to cool down. So this is where Jesus Christ Superstar takes a turn to where I think they probably, this is where they start to miss some Christians right here. Is that um, Christians believe Jesus is a pure man. Uh, never lusted or talked to a female or even thought about it. But in Jesus Christ Superstar, they introduce Mary Magdalene, which um, is rumored to be throughout history and writings um, the female interest of Jesus Christ Superstar, um, who you see her here in this rave cave, um, followed by a n- number of other girls which Mary Magdalene is believed to have been um, a prostitute which is um, where you get the terms Jesus hangs with the prostitutes and the killers and the criminals <laughs> that's not the actual term whatever it is um, Jesus was hanging in the whorehouses right so Jesus friends these prostitutes and um, is trying to show them the light let's see what happens here let me try, cool than fish, so let me try, let me try to cool than fish. Let me try to cool than fish, fish. Mary, mm, that is good while you prattle through your supper. Where and when and who and how? She alone has tried to give me. What I need right here now. Jesus likes Mary because she's fucking giving him what he needs. And all these other fucking needy bitches are just saying, What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's Enter Judas, cave left. 
It seems to me a strange thing Mystifying That a man like you Can waste his time On women of her kind Yes, I can understand that she abuses, but to let her kiss you, stroke your hair, that's hardly in your line. So, Judas comes in, and he doesn't agree of why Jesus is hanging with the hoes. He says, I understand the hoes are amusing, great, lovely. But do you realize that they don't go along with what you're saying here? And you're letting her touch her hair and rub on your neck and cool your face down, Jesus? Not cool, bruh. Another point for Judas in my book. That's 2 and 0. 2 Judas, 0 Jesus. Alright? Why let it happen? Especially in front of all your disciples. It's not that I object to her profession. But she doesn't fit in well with what you Choose teach the sound say. Quality. It doesn't help us if you're inconsistent. They only need a small excuse to put us all away. So, excuse the sound quality. Like I said, I don't, this is these are straight off YouTube. So I didn't pre-listen to any of this. So sorry. Anyways, he says it's not that I object her profession. Judas likes to get with the hose every now and then. But to be saying what you're saying and to be shown in public with the hose, Jesus, that'd be um, like if Tucker Carlson was out hanging with a bunch of liberals. Hanging out of, if Tucker Carlson was at a gay bar. That's what that would be like. That's how Judas sees it, at least. He says, they're not going to like that when if Jesus... He Judas is trying to be Jesus's uh, public affairs manager right now. Okay, he's trying to say, "Hey Tucker, you're on CNN, all right? Uh, or not CNN? You're on Fox News, okay? Um, we don't like gay people, so maybe don't hang out with the gay people, all right? Because you're gonna be confusing a bunch of the fans, and it's gonna get really weird, all right?" Um, Judas saying, hey, like, you're telling all these people that this, like, having all the hoes isn't it, and, like, you shouldn't look for all these, um, material possessions, but she's over here, like, rubbing all these oils on you, and, like, treating you like, like a baby daddy, and, like, you know, what, what do you want us to do? Who are you to criticize her? Who are you to despise her? Leave her, leave her, let her be now, leave her. Okay, I gotta, I gotta go to the actual song here to get you guys the full version because this is not doing it the justice we need. Um, what's the bus? Tell okay, me what's happening. What's the bus? Tell me what's happening. What's the bus? Tell me what's happening. What's the bus? By the way, 
anybody who is now probably very interested in watching Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, the music in the actual DVD is a little different from the actual album. So, if you watch the DVD and you like it, you if you like the movie, listen to the album. The music is a lot better, a lot more well done in the album on Apple Music than in the movie. Mary, ooh, that is good while you prattle through your supper. I can understand that she amuses, but to let her stroke you, kiss your hair is hardly in your line. It's not that I object to her profession, but she doesn't fit in. Picking up where we left off. With what you teach and say, it doesn't help us if you're inconsistent. They only need a small excuse. To put us all away Who are you to criticize her? Who are you to despise her? Leave her, leave her Let her be now, leave her, leave her She's with me now If your slate is clean Then you can throw stones If your slate is not bad Leave her So that is the infamous line um, Portrayed Or the infamous Bible verse as portrayed in um, the eyes of Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice, the creators of Jesus Christ Superstar, that I credit all these songs to. Um, and that that is when he delivers the Bible verse, uh, let he who throw the first stone um, have a clean slate or whatever. That's what he says in the song is, um, if your slate is clean, you can throw stones. Which... In the one instance here, Jesus gets a point. So we're at two to one, Judas over Jesus um, in the book or in the game of Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, it's great, great idea, uh, feeling expressed there. One of the golden rules I feel like in life is um, don't throw rocks unless your crib is shatterproof. All right. I'm amazed that men like you can be so shallow, thick and slow There is not a man among you who knows or cares if I come or go
So Jesus says, how could you fucking Judas know what it's like to be me? Jesus, King of Kings. Not one of you know what it's like to have the power of God vessel through you and be the last say all of Jesus and God and no one's even Jesus yet. But I am. Subtract a point from Jesus. Why? 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 I get what Jesus is doing is revolutionary. Okay? But you're telling people that are on your side that they don't understand the stress. They're just trying to help you out, bruh. Don't don't be so hard, Jesus. Because now, now you done pissed off Judas. Guess what? When that guard comes, Judas is going to put his hands up. He's going to do the new Kanye hands. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's what Judas is going to do when the guards come to get you, Jesus. And you just fucked it up. Because all he was trying to say is, it's not cool, bro. You're going to do something they're not going to like. And that's going to be the one thing to get all of us locked up. And your whole Christianity thing is out the window. We're gonna, we're all going to be fucking Catholics, all right? I guess Catholics kind of believe in Jesus, too. I don't know how it works. Well, I, I don't know. I think... <laughs> I think all that's all the Jesus Christ superstar I can cover today. I think I think I am gonna put out a part two of this podcast and probably um probably a couple parts because I'm I'm this is officially starting the deciphering of Jesus Christ superstar on the Walking Home podcast because I am God fucking so passionate about Jesus Christ superstar I love it. It changed my life. I was obsessed with it. I was listening to fucking rock opera while working at a grocery store. And I had no shame about it at all. Because I just fucking loved the information and the potency of this album and this movie. It fucking changed my life and my perspective of Jesus Christ himself. So yes, this is part one of... The Walking Home, Jesus Christ, Superstar Special, Part 1. And in the new parts, maybe I will just still add a little bit of conversation for you guys who enjoy a conversation and don't want to hear me harp on Jesus Christ Superstar. But hopefully, I have done a good enough job today to pique your interest in Jesus Christ Superstar. And you will join me back here um, next week, whenever I already told you. I'm not going to tell you when the podcasts are coming out. It's Captain's Log. You get it when you get it. And you're going to enjoy it. And I'm going to make it lovely for you sweet, sweet little ear angels of mine. I love you all so much. Listen to Jesus Christ Superstar. Or don't. Listen to the songs I played. And we'll get to the rest of it later. Go along this journey with me. Because we're all walking home together, baby. Let's go. Love you guys.